Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. We don't realize how important it is that uh, we can praise God for just being alive. Regardless of all the things that might be not going the way we want it to go, we are alive. We have an opportunity for those things to change because we're alive. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians. I want to go to uh, chapter 1. Verse 2. Today, the series is, this is God's purpose for you and for Cornerstone. You remember I talked about really God's, uh, he had a purpose for our lives. We're not just here by accident. He has a purpose for everyone's life. Well, today I'm not talking about um, that he has a purpose for our life. We're talking about what is that purpose. We're talking about that. A few of them, not, not a lot of them, but just a few. I think it's instrumental for you and also for Cornerstone. In verse 2 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. <clears throat> now that's important. He says, to the church of God, it's at Corinth. Now, we have a universal church that's all over the world. All over the world, there's a church somewhere, whether it's, whether it's in uh, China or wherever, we have, we have the called-out assembly. And the church is just that, the called-out ones. They're called out. And we're called out from, basically, uh, the enemy and his system and his his control, we're called out into God. His purpose is for us. We're called out. We're not to be, um, we're, we're to be in the world, but not of the world. So even though we're in the world, we're not of the world because we're called out from the world. But there's a church in Lynchburg, and we're part of that church. Now, let's go to just one other place in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We look there in verse 19. It tells us that the churches of Asia greet you, Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Well, in those days they had house churches. Uh, so even though in the city of Lynchburg we have the church, the universal church, we meet in different locations. We meet all over Lynchburg. It's, I don't know how many churches in Lynchburg. I'm sure if we counted them, it, it would be uh, really probably surprising. I know I went over to Carl Stanley's house, and I left and turned right, and then turned. Then I said, hey, Brandon, there's a church right there. I have, didn't have a clue that there was a church over there. What is the church? You know, the church is in so many different places you just don't know about all the different churches. So uh, it's tremendous that we have a lot. We meet in a lot of different places. So the, so the called out ones not only meet at Cornerstone, they meet all over. And they call themselves different names by different names. Now, even though we're the universal church, God has given us a family to flourish in. And that flourishing 
It's just like anything else, that when he plants you, he, he expects you to flourish there. And so that's what we need to be concerned about is, is flourishing. We want to, we want to, we want to uh, bear fruit wherever we are because that's our family. So when I say the message is for you and for the church at Cornerstone, then know that we are the universal church, but also that we are the body, the family that's called ourselves Cornerstone. That's what we are. Cornerstone is not this building because we can move from this building. We have moved, matter of fact, three, one, three, four, five. We've moved about five different times since I've been in this church over 25 so years. We've moved quite a bit. Uh, but we have our permanent home here right now, and that's which is really very good. But, the, but Cornerstone is not this building. You are Cornerstone. That's what you are. You're Cornerstone. So Cornerstone can meet anywhere. Matter of fact, when God says when two or three are gathered together in your name, there he is in the midst. So we can meet anywhere. Now that's the, the just the, the, the logistic of what, why I'm, I'm, I'm talking to us today. Let's go to another place there. Let's go to Timothy, 1 Timothy. And let's get into the heart of the message today, which is do we really care enough? Do we care enough to help? Do we care enough to help? That's what we want to, want to find out today. Do we care enough? You say, care enough about what? What do we care about? Well, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Let's start there. First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving. So he's talking about prayer. And also giving thanks. Be made on behalf of all men. All humans. All. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to pray and give thanks for all people. And that's his will for us, each individually us, as well as for the church. We call ourselves Cornerstone. That's his will. He, he wills for us to pray for all people. And I'm so grateful that we have uh, people who God has gifted into. They love to pray. And they are praying for you. They are praying for you on Thursdays. They are praising for you on the last Friday, the fourth Friday of every, every month. It's just praise and prayer for, you know, for, for you, really, the body of Christ. And it's exciting that we have prayer. But all people should pray, not just, just a small group of people. He wants every single individual to pray and give thanksgiving. That's his desire. Now also, he says, for kings and for all who are in authority. That means our president. That means uh, the senators and uh, congressmen. It means the mayor. This means everybody. He wants us to pray for all who are in authority, whether you agree with them or whether you don't. He didn't say pray if you agree with them. He said pray for all people because that's what he says he wants us to do. So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness 
and dignity. He wants us to pray that we may live a life that's peaceable. And if we don't pray, then, of course, we're not doing his will for our lives or the church, and therefore, we might not be, as, as a church universe in Lynchburg, just think of if we got together uh, and, and had a, a prayer time, all of the churches in Lynchburg got together to have a praise time, all the churches in Lynchburg. That was, that was sin the demons, the devil, and all his cohorts to flight because he doesn't want people coming together all across denominational lines, all across uh, racial lines, all across uh, economic lines. He doesn't want us coming together like that. He wants, he wants to point out our differences so that we'll stay separate because he knows there's more power when we get together. That's what he knows. He says in verse 3, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. When God says something is good, it's good. He said it when he created uh, the heavens and the earth. He said it when he created uh, human beings. He said it when he uh, put light forth, when he put the sun, when he put the moon. He said it is good. So if he says it's good, it's good. And when he says that he wants us praying, he says that this is good and it's also acceptable in his sight. Now then he goes into verse 12, verse 4, which, which we want to emphasize today. Who desires, he has in his mind, he wants, he purposes, he intends, all of these are just synonyms for the, for the same word. He, and the King James said, who will have, this is will, all men to be saved, all human beings to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. That's his will. That's his will for your life. That's his will for my life. That's his will for the church. That's his will for the church in in the city of Lynchburg, all the churches. That's his will for the church in China, the church in Japan, church everywhere. That's his will. They don't have a different Bible just because they are Hispanic. It's just written in Spanish. But it's the same Bible. Isn't that right, John? Same Bible. If it's in Russian, same Bible. So it's saying the same thing to all people. Do we care enough to do what God has asked us to do? Because I'm emphasizing verse 4 today. Who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Not only does he want us saved, he wants us to come into the knowledge of the truth. Because sometimes we think that salvation is everything. That's just like the birth of a child is everything. The birth of a child is not everything. That's just the beginning. Isn't it, Joy? Just the beginning. (laughs) You have to hold them. You have to feed them. You have to do everything for them until they get old enough. And I'm sure... Even though you might have to dress Janae, you don't have to dress jail probably. Is that right? You don't have to dress jail because she's older now. So God wants us to not only be saved, he wants us to come 
into the knowledge of the truth. And that's a, that's a, that's a lifetime thing, coming into the knowledge of the truth. That's why he wants us discipling people. That's why he wants us to, to encourage one another. That's why he wants us to uh, come together uh, as a group so that we can encourage one another because it's, it's pretty tough out there in the workplaces and, and things. Things don't go your way all the time, financially, uh, whatever it is, health-wise. Things just don't go your way all the time. So therefore, he wants us to come together and encourage one another. Like the two ladies that came up today, and they were trying to encourage us that God loves us and that he wants to spend time with us, and his word is everlasting, it's, it's infinite. And he also, uh, Laura was saying that, that she was going through some tough times there. You know, fighting off depression and stuff like that. Even though she knows the truth, uh, it, the circumstances sometimes try to get the best of you. But she got in the Word. She got uh, encouraged. She encouraged herself in the Word. And then she pulled out of it. And I'm sure your husband encouraged you. I'm sure of that. You know, and your friends around you, uh, they, you know, they encourage you. It's helpful to be encouraged. He wants us to come into the knowledge of the truth. Do we care enough about the people who are out there, he says that God wants some people to be saved. Is that correct? All people to be saved. Ooh, you mean even prisoners? Even people who have murdered somebody? Even people who have, uh, you know, these uh, gangs and things, people, you know, beat up on people and stuff like that? He wants them saved too? Sure. He said all men who desires all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. Do we care enough to participate in what God wants us to do? Do we care enough? Because it takes stepping outside of our comfort zone. It takes being alert when we go places, whether it be the supermarket, whether it be to uh, get gas or whether it be uh, work, whether it be wherever we go, God expects us to be on alert, our spiritual antennas up, looking for someone who might need your help. Do you know that everybody can't help everybody? There are certain people who God, believe it or not now, who God has assigned to just you. Just you. No one else is going to reach them. They're not a part of anybody else's life. They're not in everybody's proximity. But you are in their proximity. You work with them. You see them. Every time you go to the grocery store, you see certain people who are bagging, certain people working the cashier. Certain, when, when, when I go to Kroger, Walmart, those are the two basic stores I go to, they, there are certain people who work in, in, in the produce department, in the deli department. They have, have certain people. They are there almost all the time. And we sometimes pass by those people and we say nothing to them except for if we want something from them. That's all we say. That's all we say. 
And I know that it's not, it's not easy for someone whose personality is not outgoing. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. But is God big enough to give you the boldness to do that? Yes, he is. He has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. He has given us that. There is nothing that he can't do to provide the opportunity. Do you think God would tell us that I desire for all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth, but now I don't want you to talk to anybody because I know you are shy. And so you don't have this, this right here, you just white it out of your Bible because it really doesn't matter to you. You think God's that way? No. No, he's not. He wants every single person to be on alert to salvation or whatever. Do you know how many people it is that are sick? I mean, you have certain uh, pharmacists, they give flu shots, don't they? Why do you think they give flu shots during the flu season? Because you're subject to catch the flu, aren't you? Yeah. So I know, Matt, you, you work for the uh, uh, pharmaceutical, uh, you, you're one of the regional things or whatever, right, like that, and, and, and <laughs> not regional things, but, you know, you, you, but don't you give flu shots? I mean, don't you, I mean you, you're responsible for, you don't give them problems, but you oversee, right? Right, uh-huh, yeah. Because people, uh, we're trying to prevent them from catching the flu. But there are a lot of sick people in Lynchburg, Virginia. Matter of fact, if we were to go around, I'd just say, hey, I want you to write on a piece of paper, but do not put your name on it, and just write on a piece of paper, and I want you to, I'm going to pass a background, and you put on that piece of paper something that ails you that you want people to be praying for you during the week. I guarantee you every single one of us can put something on a piece of paper because that's the way we are. We, we, we are... We, we're human beings, and, and we have a body that's finite. <laughs> Our body is not going to last. It gets older every day, believe it or not. I know some of you don't get older. You're the same, you look the same as you did when you, when you were 16. I know some of you just like that, you know. But most of us, most of us get older. Most of us get, get older. And so our bodies change. Do you care enough that God wants those people to come into the knowledge of the truth that he is not only their savior, but he's also their healer? Do you think he, he wants people to know that? Who's going to tell them? Do you think somebody's going to tell them that, that, that they don't know that? He expects for his church, his called out one, to tell people about his goodness, his mercy, his grace, his attributes. That's what he wants, to, wants people to know that. Yeah, he does. Some of you are here today only by the grace of God. Matter of fact, all of us. 
But I mean, some of us would be dead if it were not for God. Yeah. I can remember going to sleep at a, at a traffic light because I'm red, and I just fall asleep right there. Uh, because of, of, of uh, I used to do things, I used to be in a side business or whatever, and I would drive to North Carolina after, after school and stuff like when I was teaching school. Drive to North Carolina, drive to Washington, and uh, I was selling products and things like that. And I would be so tired. I would be so tired. I would come back at night, and sometimes I'd be falling asleep, and I'd just run off the road, and then, I, and then I'd wake up and get right back on the road. I'm here today because of the grace of God. I could be dead. I could be dead. And I'm sure you all have similar stories. You know, not, maybe not that. Oh, but you have some stories that God has, has kept you going, kept you alive. And I know that God has kept me alive, beyond a shadow of a doubt. He has kept me alive and is keeping me alive. I know that. I know that. Do you think other people need to know that? That God has a grace that he can help you. He can help you. Some people can't do anything with their children because they, they, didn't, they didn't know about God's rules in, in, in the Bible and his, his, his promises in the Bible about rearing children. They didn't know, so they went by the world system as though, you know, that, that okay, you, you know, let them do whatever they want to because you'll, you'll, you'll hinder their personality, you know, you'll squish them. Let them do what they want to do. Now, I know y'all don't believe anything like that. But then they grow up and they, 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 they are just as honorary and, and you know, you, you don't want to be around them because they're used to having their way. Okay. Now, but God has promises for your children. Do you think they need to know that? Just because they didn't know it when they were rearing their children, they want to know it now because uh, I, 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 I try to make, my, make a point to talk to people. Everywhere I go, I try to talk to people. You know, just make a conversation with it. Hey, do you have children? I see I have a daughter, I have da 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 da. And, and I said, oh, that's good. I said, uh, what grade is she in? Da da da. And then we, we just get in a conversation. Because people like to talk about their children. So it's an easy conversation to talk about the children. And, um, and, then, uh, and then they'll tell me some things. Well, she's not what I want her to be. You know, how children, you know how teenagers are. They think they know everything. Yeah, I say, yeah, I understand what you, what you mean because I taught, I taught uh, you know, glass. I know how it is, you know. I know, know how it is, you know. But do you know, want to know they need help? And they want help, but that help might be you. It might be you. Some people's children have gone astray. They have. Don't you know that God doesn't want them to stay straight away? Don't you know that God has promises? And, and we, we get together and we fight for those child. We fight for them. Fight for them. God has everything that you have need of. Everything. There's nothing that he doesn't have. People need to know that. Do you care enough to be available for God to help others through you? Jesus is no longer walking this earth like he was before. He's no longer doing that. He's no longer 
uh, in Galilee and, and, and different places. He's not, he's not doing that now. He, he's already been to the cross. He's already resurrected. He's seated at the right hand of God. He's waiting on the time that he can bring everything to consummation. He's not here any longer. And he told his disciples, hey, you ought to be glad that I'm going away. Because if he goes, then he can now live in each one of us. All over the world. Now Jesus can be moving through you and through me everywhere we go to do the same things that he was doing when he was walking the earth. That's what what it's supposed to be. Do we care enough that we are are carrying around the spirit of Christ, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit? He's in us. He's in us, and it's nothing that he can't do, nothing that God can't do because the Holy Spirit is God. There's nothing he can't do. We are carried carried him around, but we will not care enough about people to share Christ with them to share what his attributes are, to be light, be salt, so that people, uh, people can be helped. There are people in Lynchburg where you live, where you work, that needs help. And the only person going to help them is somebody that God puts across their path to help. That's the only, that's the only one going to help. God doesn't care about how shy you are. He didn't care about any of those things. So I carry around little cards. Uh, you know, you remember the, 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 the invite cards that we had printed up? Um, it's like business cards. You know, I carry around, around with, with an, I don't have a wallet. I just keep, keep my little things in my pocket. But I carry it around on a rubber band. I, I carry, carry it around, and I pull one out, and I say, hey, here's something right here. Yeah, I do that. And I know others do, do that too. Because I care. I care. Do I care enough to pray for people? Do I care enough to pray for people? I was talking to to one young lady. Uh, uh, Devin, you want to step up here a minute? You didn't know I was going to call on you, did you? Devin's a sweetheart. She's serious. You don't mind, do you, John? I want to get you a permission. She submitted to you, brother. <laughs> it's on. Uh, you remember we were in the office this morning, and I was I was telling what the I think I was telling what the message was about or whatever, and and uh, I wasn't going to get in all that I was getting in now, but hey, whatever, you know. <laughs> and so you said, hey, I was in the grocery store. I think you were going to go tell the congregation about. It. They want to hear from you. Yeah. They're tired of hearing from me. Come on, talk um, to them. Put it up with your mouth a little bit. There you go. I was in Kroger. It isn't on. Is it on? Yeah, it's on. It's on. Oh, it's on? Yeah. Nice. It is There's a green light on. The power's on. You want me to cut it off? Now it's off. See? It's on. Still off. I'll tell you what you do. Let's use this one. How about this one? This okay? Okay. The, the, the enemy doesn't want... He doesn't want to... He don't want you talking, see? Um, I was in Kroger and I was talking with the um, guy behind me, John, and he was sitting next to us. He is a um, you know, family man. And he was talking how he just, you know, finds himself in 
How did y'all get in that kind of conversation on the, around the meat counter? Okay, okay, okay. Great. Thank you, Devin. Give Devin a hand. She's, she's a <clears throat> yeah, I was even, um, I said, you know, I, I really didn't want to come to church today. I told Minerva, I said, I wish we were out of town so I didn't have to come to church. And she <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be honest. I was not feeling at the top of my game. I was really not feeling the top of my game. I was just lying in bed, you know. Oh, man. I don't feel good. And, and I normally don't feel that way. I mean, verse 7, I've never, ever, ever stay home unless I'm sick. You know, if you don't see me, I'm sick. That's, that's just it. All out of town, one of the two. It's not, it's not any, you know, things. I don't get sick that often. So, um, But anyway, I said, I wish we were out of town so I didn't have to go. What's wrong with you? You know, well, uh, it's a... <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe the piece of chicken I ate last night, you know, it was something. I don't know what it was. You know, I don't know what it was. You know, it was something. I just don't feel feel good and everything. Then I went and took a shower and everything. And I said, ooh, I feel good now. And so uh, it must have been dirt or something. That was all <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, I, said, I said, you know, I've, I've never... I've never been that way about anything, uh, but sometimes we just don't feel good. And so I was in there. I was telling telling Deb and and, uh, and Laura they were in the office getting ready for the for, for the do the announcement. And I told them, I said, well, I kind of feel like I don't know the message today. I, I got to have God's heart on this thing because I uh, I just don't know how this thing will go. And Deb would say, can I pray for you? Hey, wait a minute, I'm the pastor. What you know? You allow them to pray for me. You know, pray for me. What you doing? And I said, yeah, you can pray for me. And she prayed. Up. So you, you're right. You, you, I mean, anybody tell you anything is wrong, you're going to say, can I pray for you? That is really good. And, and most people, they're going to say yes. Most people are going to say yes. And so that's a good way to, way to do things. Um, so that's awesome. So thank you, Debbie, for that, for that testimony about that. And let me uh, share a scripture with you in, in, uh, in Ezekiel. Uh, it's, it's a pretty... Neat one. I think I, I think it's Ezekiel 18. I think that's where it is. Uh, verse 21. And it says, But if the wicked man turns from all his sin 
which he has committed and observes all my statutes and practices, justice and righteousness, he shall surely live. He shall not die. All of his transgressions, which he has committed, will not be remembered against him because of his righteousness, which he has practiced. He will live. Now, isn't that great? If we do something and we regret doing it, yet God says here that all he's looking for is people to turn from their sin and just practice doing what's right. Verse 23 says, Do I have any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, rather than that he should turn from his ways and live. That's the heart of God. Don't ever think that the enemy, that, that God wants to uh, be like the enemy, is that, oh, you did something wrong. This is not good, so God doesn't like you anymore. And you might as well uh, not even pray to God. You might as well not even read the Bible. You might as well not come to church because you know you're doing things wrong. Let me tell you that. God's heart is that people will turn and that they should live. That's God's heart. And what better way to get encouraged than to come together to the gathered assembly of the saints and let somebody encourage you? There's no better way than to do that. Look at verse 30. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, talking about Israel, each according to his conduct, declares the Lord God, repent and turn away from all your transgressions so that iniquity may not become a stumbling block to you. Cast away from you all your transgressions which you have committed and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why would you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone who dies. Now that, that helps you. And sometimes there are catastrophes in the, in, the, in the land or in foreign countries that will keep you from making a mistake and saying, ho, oh, oh, ho, God was judging them. He, he killed them. It will keep you from saying something like that because you know that's not God's heart. God's heart is not to kill anybody. That's the devil's heart is to kill, steal, and destroy, but it's not God's heart. I don't care what type of people they are. They could be worshiping idols. They could be doing anything. They cannot be serving God. God's heart is not for those people to die, but for those people to repent and live. That's his heart. So I don't care what you've done today. I don't care how bad you may feel about any situation. God loves you. God wants to meet you where you are. God wants to love on you because he said he died for you. Let's end up in John chapter um, three. Let's go to John chapter three, the Gospel of John chapter three, and you all know John three sixteen. We're gonna start at seventeen. Uh, quote for me, John three sixteen. Everybody know it just about, don't you? For God, come on, so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's God's heart. He so loved part of the world. 
so God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, not just the people who from uh, uh, the, the wealthy part of the city, no, not those who have money, not those who have influence, not those who uh, are, are perfect. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send the son, talking about Jesus Christ, into the world to judge the world. So if, if, if you think that you're being judged, you're not. Sometimes a person will say, um, well, you know, I did this sin, I did that, I did something like this, and, but don't judge me. They're quick to say, don't judge me. Christians don't judge because Jesus doesn't judge at this particular time. The word of God will judge us at some point in time, but not now. Jesus came into the world to forgive us, to die for us. That's what he did. Okay? And so that's why I don't mind being transparent on some things with you. You notice I said some things. Okay, with you because, you say, well, aren't you afraid somebody's going to judge you? Brother? Aren't you afraid somebody's going to wake up next Sunday morning and say, hey, the pastor didn't want to go to church. I don't want to go to church either, so I'm not going. I'm here. You say, well, hey, you had to teach, so you, you had to be here. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. I got people that's willing and able to teach. All I had to do is just call John. I could have called you this morning. John, I don't feel good, brother. You know, uh, can you teach for me? He said, man, it looks like you could have let me know. Man, I haven't prayed. I haven't done nothing. I know what the Bible says. He know what the Bible says. Be instant in season and out of season, right? So if you've been in the Word, you ought to have a word for the people. Is that right? Anybody can do that. Isn't that right? Like Minerva said, I was in the Word this past week, and God was sharing me. If you're in the word, you can give that word to somebody. That's it. Isn't that great? So don't think I'm here just because I had to teach. No. No, I'm here because that's what God has commanded us to do. When I saw that Jesus, his, his custom was to be in the synagogue on, on the Sabbath day, I said, well, that, that's, that's going to be my custom. I'm going to be in the house of God every single Sunday that I'm in town and healthy. I'm going to be in church because it's my custom. I want to be just like Christ. Don't you want to be just like Christ? Yeah, we want to be just like Christ. Well, that's our custom. We're here. Suppose you're tired. So what? So what? I'm tired. Do you have sympathy for me? Get your violins out. Oh, the pastor's tired. Who cares? Everybody's tired. <laughs> Come on. You can't help but being tired. You work all, all day, every day, and, and you, know, you got kids, you got running around, you got stuff to do. Can't help but being tired. Who wants to get up on Sunday morning anyway when it's the only time you got to sleep in sometime? Come on. Especially you got a, another hour to do, right? You got an extra hour this time, right? <laughs> no, uh-uh. Do we care enough? Do we care enough? Who has God put across your life that only you will be able to minister to? 
Only you. I won't be able to. Guarantee you, I won't be able to do it. I don't work where you work. I don't know people that you know. Who's God put across your life? Also, we need to be ever expanding that, don't we? Don't we? Ever expanding that. Because that's important. Somebody might come across our path just for that particular day. And God wants you to reach him. Right, he does. And some people say, well, I don't want to invite people to church because I don't know where they'll like it. Who cares? Do you understand that it's not your church? It's the church of Jesus Christ. He's more than able to meet somebody in his house. He's more than able. You say, oh, they might, they, you know, I don't know. We have some ladies stand up. People not used to that. They, they might be from a Baptist background. They're not used to Who cares? Because God can cause that word that went forth to speak to somebody who was here, and they said, man, I'm glad I went because Laura brought a word forth and Mary brought a word forth that really encouraged me. Or somebody smiled at me. Do you realize that people don't get smiles every day? I'm serious. People don't get smiles every day. People want to be smiled at. People want to be asked, how you doing? Oh, I'm so glad you came. They, really, they, want, they want that. That's why I try to have greeters at the door to try to greet people because people want to feel encouraged. Okay? Do you care enough to encourage somebody at your work? When I, when I was teaching, we had most of the, in elementary school, most of them were, were ladies. And they were always had drama, usually. Not because they are ladies. Now, come on. I mean, come on. Now, because it's because, I mean, they, they are very emotional. And when they come, wait a minute, George. Women are very emotional. Come on. Aren't men emotional? Not like, not like, uh, not like the women. No. 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 Somebody told me, they said, hey, I'm not feeling good. I said, is it that bad? Come on, get over it. And they said, that's not sensitive. That's not sensitive. Aren't you glad for wives? Yeah. I said, man, come on. We're already a set of time. We're supposed to get together. Now you're talking about you sick. Come on, get over it. <laughs> Don't you know you're inconveniencing me? It's not about us, is it? It's about Jesus Christ. So we ought to care enough about somebody's, uh, what they're going through, somebody's health, somebody's uh, whatever is going on, their drama, to be able to chat with people. And that's what I try to do in elementary school. I try to, uh, when I have some free time, I go, by, how things are going? How, how are things going? Well, I, I saw you this morning. It looked like you kind of... Uh, uh, look at your mind was somewhere else. You kind of, yeah, you know, my husband, this and that, and this and that, and this and that, my child, this and that, and this and that. And it's an opportunity to minister. Opportunity to minister. Because that's what I said, oh, I understand. I'll, I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. you know? And if I get anything, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Because they weren't going anywhere, so you don't have to unload everything. 
Let's say it one, one time because you see them very often. Okay? And that's another thing to do. Just because you meet somebody the first time, you don't have to, you know, do everything the first time. Just, you know, let, let, let God work, okay? Let God work. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.